Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. We could not say that all of us have the same amount of financial resources that differs according to your means, your experience, your financial status in life. And that certainly is not an equal footing for everyone. But when it comes to time, we are all on an equal footing. Everybody has the same amount of time every week. Every week, God allows us to experience 168 hours. Same for you, same for anyone, no matter how important they are or how uh, insignificant they may feel. Uh, Your life, you have been given 168 hours every week that you live, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And of course, we realize that's something that we have to learn to manage well. And the Bible, the book of Proverbs, talks about what we do with this resource called time. How do we handle it? And take a look at Proverbs 12, verse 11. Hard work means prosperity. And then notice the rest of it. It says, only fools do what? Idle away their time, because time is a resource. Proverbs 25, verse 28. A person without self-control or the ability to rule oneself. That's the idea of self-control. You're ruling yourself. A person without self-control is as defenseless as a city with broken down walls. Think about this. If you can't control how you utilize the resources of your life, it's like living in a house with no doors or no windows at all. You'd be very vulnerable, right? Vulnerable to all kind of events and attacks and things that would come your way because you're living without protection. And so managing well our time is one of the ways that we actually protect our lives. So I want to talk to you today about things that will help you to become a better time manager. How do you and I manage our time well? And the first thing that we must realize that we have to value, this is where it starts, we have to value what the Bible refers to as the gift of time. Life consists of time. It's impossible to make the most of your life without making the most of your time. If you're not making the most of your time, you're actually not making the most of your life because your life indeed is your time. And the Bible teaches us that time is a gift from God. None of us know how much time that we have or will have on earth. But every moment that we live, every time we take a breath, every minute that passes on our clock, it's a gift that God has given to us. And the amazing thing about this gift that God gives to us, he gives us directions related to how to use it well, but he leaves it up to us as to what we're going to do. You have the freedom, as do I, have the freedom to use your time any way you want to. 
As a grown-up adult, you get to make choices as to what you will do with your time. You can wake up in the morning and you can make a decision. I'm not going to work today. Now, there will be consequences, but you're free to make that decision. You you can make any decision that you want to make as a free adult, given within certain parameters, realizing there are consequences that go along with them related to your time. But what, what we must realize is that while we can do that here on earth, because time is a gift from God, there will be one day that you and I will stand before God and we will give an account to God for the choices we made, the free choices we made in regard to our time. Did we value it or did we squander it? And we will, just a quick reminder today, that we will stand before God and there any gift that God has given you in your life, you will give an account to God related to, as will I, what did we do with the gift that was given to us? And that includes the gift of 168 hours each week, 24 hours each day, 60 seconds in every minute. God will hold us accountable for what we did with that time. And so to value time, we need to understand God's perspective of time, right? Because who are we going to answer to about our time? God. So if we're going to answer to God about our time, I think it's probably wise that if we understand God's perspective of time, right? Okay. Now, a few months ago, I talked about time uh, in, in one of my messages, and I, I gave you two words from the uh, Greek language that's, that are found in the New Testament related to time. I gave you the word chronos and the word kairos. Anybody remember that message? Now, chronos is a word you probably recognize. You've probably heard the term chronology before. It's what you're talking about when you ask someone, what time is it? What time is it says, okay, what does it say on your, on your watch? Or what time is it in the sense of the day of the month or the year that it is? It is a chronological moment in time that is measured in units. That's what chronology is, something that is measured in units. Kairos is a different kind of time. Kairos describes the opportunities or the events that are encompassed in the moment. For example, if I ask you what time it is, that's chronos. If I ask you, did you have a good time? I'm asking you not, tell me what the time on your watch said when you were there. I'm asking you about your experience. What kind of opportunity or experience did you have in that moment of time? And so primarily when the Bible speaks of time, it leans toward the kairos of time more than the chronos of time. Because back in biblical days, they didn't have watches and they didn't have clocks. They, they used the sun primarily to define their days. And so they spoke of days in terms of sunrise and midday and sunset and they lived a lot slower pace and they weren't as concerned with the days on the calendar perhaps as we are in our culture today and so they were very oriented toward the kairos. What experience did you have in life? And so when it comes to God, God is looking at time from the standpoint of what you do with it. Okay. 
what time are you having with your life? Not the chronology of your time, but what are the experiences that you're hap- are happening as a part of your life? What are you doing with your time? Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. This is a continuation of some of Solomon's wisdom. It's the book that follows the book of Proverbs. And so he jumped over there just for a moment. And, and Solomon says, inspired by the Spirit, for everything there is a season. For everything there is a season, a time, an opportunity, not a a moment on the clock necessarily, but an opportunity for every activity under heaven. Please notice the concept of season, time here, because time as we experience it has to do with the seasons of your life. Your life has seasons, and seasons provide opportunities. When you're a young person, you have the season called education. You go to school. And depending on what you do in that season of your life will often determine how successful you are in your future. Did you study well? Did you work hard in that season, in that time of your life? When you first start your career in your life, it's a new season. You're learning how to do and be your, that professional person or, or a person that you're engaging in, in, your, in your occupation. And so it's a season. It's setting the pattern for your life. When you get married, it's a new season. Anybody say amen to that, right? Okay. When you start having kids, it's a really new season, right? Okay. I mean, your life completely changes. And so in every season, there are opportunities that will only happen in that season. So that's why we often talk about living in your season. And that's where a lot of people always mess it up. They always are waiting for the next season. I can't wait until. I can't wait until I grow up. I can't wait until I get married. I can't wait until I blah, 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 blah. It's always the I can't wait until. And they never live in the season that they are right now. You, the only season you have is the season you're in right now. Amen? This is the only season you have? You don't have another season. You're not even promised another season. So this is your season. This is your moment. So value the gift of time. It's a gift from God to you and me. Never take it for granted. It is a wonderful blessing from Almighty God. Number two. When it comes to managing your time well, you and I need to make some critical decisions. You've got to discover. You've got to make a decision. I'm going to discover my life purpose. Why am I here? You will never manage your time well unless you know why you're here. Because purpose defines how you are to spend your time. And your time needs to be dedicated to your purpose. And if you don't understand your purpose, it would be just like an archer shooting an arrow, not knowing where the target is, just sort of shooting somewhere aimlessly. And there are a lot of people living their lives that way. They have no idea what their purpose is. They're just sort of living here and shooting this way and then shooting off this way and shooting somewhere else because they have no sense of why God put them here. Do you know that you're on planet Earth because God put you here? Your, your life is a gift from Almighty God. The, the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 says that before God spoke to Jeremiah and said, before I shaped you in your mother's womb, I had some plans for you. Okay? 
That's Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, and it does not only apply to Jeremiah, it applies to you, that when you were being shaped in your mother's womb, God had a plan for your life. You may feel very insignificant, but you are not insignificant to Almighty God. You were on this planet, planet for a reason. And the question of my life purpose cannot be answered apart from God. To know my life purpose, I need to know God who gives me my life purpose. I need to remain in fellowship with God who will define for me and direct me into my life purpose. So time is valuable when you have a purpose. You're investing it in the right way. Now, how do you know your purpose? A lot of people struggle with this. So this is not for me. This is from Rick Warren. I'm just passing it along to you. I'm just the conduit today. All right? He reminds us that God has shaped every one of us for a purpose. I'm going to use this word. He uses this word shape in an acronym. And there are five things that you have in your life that will guide you to your purpose. Number one, your spiritual gifts. What are your spiritual gifts? A spiritual gift is something you receive when you're born again. When you come into the family of God, God gifts you with some spiritual capacities to be a blessing in his church and his body. And so we discover our spiritual gifts by looking at being aware of where we're fruitful. That's how you know. You don't have to somehow get some massive revelation in your life as to what your spiritual gift is. Just watch and see where God seems to bless you and what you seem to enjoy doing. Some people have this spiritual gift of encouragement. They're just amazing encouragers, and they just seem to find themselves in encouraging situations all the time, and God uses them in that incredible way. That's their spiritual gift. It defines part of their purpose. Some people just love to pray. Man, they're prayer warriors, and it seems as though every time these folks pray or most of the time they pray, man, do they ever get answers. You want to surround yourself with some spiritual prayer warriors. The H stands for heart. Everyone has a heart for certain things. You have a passion about stuff. Stuff that really sort of turns your crank. It gets you going and you really enjoy it. Something that, that, is, that positively motivates your life as a part of your interest, a part of your hopes, a part of your dreams. It's where your heart is. It's what you love to do and you care most about doing. This helps you define your purpose. Why am I here? Well, your heart will tell you a lot about that. And then A stands for abilities. Everybody has a certain set of abilities. You were born with them. This is not a spiritual gift. It's your natural gift. You just naturally have the ability to do certain things that maybe other people cannot do quite as well as you can. And so God wants to use and capitalize on the abilities he's given you. He doesn't just remove those from you. He he shaped you in your mother's womb with the abilities that you have. And whatever gifts or abilities that you have in your life were gifts given to you and abilities given to you by God. The P stands for, and everyone has one of these, a personality. The personality is who you are as a person, just your uniqueness. 
And all of us are complex. And even the psalmist said, Lord, you've made me wonderfully complex in Psalm 139. Everybody's a little bit weird, a little bit strange, a little bit different. We all have unique personalities. And some things that are fun for, for, for some people are not so much fun for us. A classic division of personalities would be between the introvert and the extrovert. The ultimate side of the introvert, I mean, they don't want very much social interaction at all. They peek out the window to go get the mail to make sure the mailman's not there, okay? Because they don't want to have to talk to the mailman, okay? And they're the one that goes up in the closet and they hide when someone knocks on the door, okay? Because they're the introvert and that's just who you are. And so you have to work around that issue. Some are the extrovert. They can't wait to be around people. Man, they're just looking for a party. And if there's not a party, they make one happen. They're always making a party, okay? Now, those are two extremes, but somewhere in between those two are probably where you are, and there are a lot of other personality traits that are make, make you unique. And you know what? That's what makes the world go around. Amen? Think about how bad the world would be if everybody was like you. <laughs> but it's the dimension of personality that provides color and blessing and diversity and strength to our world and uniqueness. And it's also the multiplicities of personalities that challenge us to grow. I need a few extroverts in my life to sometimes pull me out of my introvert nature. How about you, right? And sometimes the introverts need some extroverts to make them shut up, okay, right? Just shut up, okay, right? But we have personalities and we all have to realize, what is my personality? Because God gave you a personality. It needs to be shaped and fashioned in the likeness of Christ. But nevertheless, you and I have personalities. And then the last thing he mentions is we have experiences in life. And your experiences help you to understand your purpose. Your experiences are things that have happened to you. Some of you have, some, have had some very tough things happen to you. Well, here's the beautiful thing. With God, God can take the toughest, toughest things of your life and transform them into something that can be used to be a blessing to someone else who's going through a tough time. Some of you have gone through some major messes in your life. Let me remind you, God takes messes, messes and turns them into messages through your life, okay? And so you have to realize that even the experiences... The, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly of my life, God can even take those and it becomes a part of the tapestry of God's purpose for my life. But you will never spend your time wisely unless you discover what? Your life purpose. Why am I here? Ask God to help you to understand why you're here. <clears throat> the third thing that's necessary, big principle today, is you have to, you have to target the thieves of time. There's some thieves that'll steal your time from you. And the number one thief that will steal your time from you is the devil. I'll show you why. Because the devil wants to ruin your life. Don't you ever think anything different? The devil wants to ruin your life. That's all that's his agenda. Jesus told us about it in John 10, verse 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. So the devil is a thief, okay? He wants to steal your life from you. To steal your life, all he needs to do is steal your time. Because your time is your life, right? You all with me today? Okay, everybody still here? Okay. So if the devil can cause your, t- your time to be frittered away on, in, useless manner, in a useless manner, then what he's done, he's succeeded 
at keeping you from fulfilling the purpose that God puts you on the planet for. He's thwarted your purpose. He's gotten you off track. And so now that you're off track, you're not doing the very thing that God puts you here to do. And so, hey, he's, he's, he's neutralized you, okay? And so the way the enemy can neutralize you, all he has to do is mess with your time, okay? And how you use, if he can mess with your time, then he can mess with you, okay? He can mess with your purpose. Can I get a little amen right there, okay? Come on, I need some help this morning, all right? I'm preaching hard up here. I'm giving you a really good message, so help me out, okay? So I'm going to talk to you about some thieves. How do you overcome some thieves of time? Number one, you've got to obey God, okay? That's where it all starts. Why? Because when you disobey God, you waste time. Every time you disobey God, you waste time. We all know that, right? How many times have you done something the wrong way? Then you got to spend all that time fixing it and getting back on track again because you just didn't do what you were supposed to do the first time. And so it's always wiser to obey God. It will save you a lot of time. Number two, improve your judgment. Get better at making judgments about where you're going to spend your time. See, you, God gave you a brain, and he gave it to you for a reason. He gave it to you to make judgments, okay? And the ability to look at things and make some decisions about things. You size up a situation, say, you know, this is the right thing to do. I need to invest some time here. No, no, this is really just a waste of time. And so you use your judgment to determine, to recognize situations that are a potential waste of time or a potential investment of time. And you steer clear of those things that are a waste of time for you. And you focus in on those things that, that are good for you and head you towards your values. But you've you got to use your judgment. You've got to develop your judgment, your ability to, before you just react to everything and just do everything that happens around you, let the world control you, you need to take control of what you're going to spend your time doing, and that involves some judgment. Here's the third thing. If you want to use your time well, you've got to grow up. Why? Because people who are emotionally and spiritually immature are continually influenced by how they feel. And so uh, by being influenced by how they feel, they spend a lot of time and a lot of energy and drama. Life becomes one big Broadway show for them, okay? And so they've got the drama of being angry about this and being upset about that and being afraid of this and being bitter about that. And, and it's just an ongoing drama of something in their life. And so uh, they, they, because they haven't learned to process things well, they also tend to be very impetuous in their decision-making processes. They just do what they feel in the moment. They don't really think about what they're doing. And so out of that impetuosity of life, they end up wasting days and months and years. I've seen couples waste entire weeks and Sometimes even longer, just fighting with each other over the most insignificant things. Little bitty petty things because they wouldn't get over it. They wasted a week or a month or a year or sometimes a decade of their life missing out on things because they just would not grow up. You always benefit when you become more mature always benefit when you become more mature. The next thing is you got to stay inspired. Whose responsibility is it to keep you inspired? That's a very important question. You got to answer that question. I had, I've had to answer it for my life. Whose responsibility is it to keep me inspired? Because here's the deal. Most of us spend 
a lot of our time hoping someone will keep us encouraged or inspired. Oh, God, bring me the person that's going to encourage me today. Oh, please, Lord, I need send them my way. And God says, would you just be quiet? Would you just make the decision to encourage yourself and go out and encourage somebody else, okay? Inspire somebody else along the way. And then you'll discover that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Because when you give, what you sow, you reap. And so stuff comes back to you. And so just don't worry about it. So it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to keep myself inspired. Why is that important? Because if I lose my inspiration, I'm going to waste my time. Most people who are not using their time well, it's because they're not inspired by anything. They've lost inspiration. So get your inspiration. Put your inspiration on every morning. Amen? Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.